sitting in the studio working on one track for days getting the mix down and the mastering like perfect but maybe the, the idea wasn't that good so what i do now is i make a lot of ideas in one or two days and then like postpone the mastering and mixing process to another time what's up Don nation my name is wyatt troy i make music as come nightfall and i want to welcome you to episode 51 of behind the dog where we interview music producers sound designers artists music industry experts singer songwriters and everyone else in between on an emotional, philosophical, artistic, branding, marketing, and overall music business basis. This is a companion podcast to our YouTube series, In The Daw, where we invite music producers to come and dissect their songs in real time. We've recently had people like Delta Heavy, Kashmir, AU5, Kuro, Tynan, Culprit, as well as a bunch of others. So if you're interested in that, for the next little while, you can find those episodes on Multiplier's YouTube channel. But after June 26, 2019, you will be able to find them on the Daw Nation YouTube channel. That's right, we're moving everything over to the Daw Nation YouTube channel. So if you wanna go check out the ones that we have right now, Multiplier's YouTube channel. But keep your eyes open for the Daw Nation YouTube channel. You can also listen to those episodes on here on this podcast. Those are the 0.5 episodes. So the one that was right before this episode was episode 50.5. That was with Delta Heavy breaking down their song, Take Me Home. So if you're more interested in listening than watching, then go ahead. You're in the right place. Go ahead and just look for them on this podcast. So Don Nation, who are we interviewing today? Today, we're interviewing Julian Kalor. Now, if you don't know who he is, then why is he worth listening to? Well, let me tell you why. He's had releases on Trap City, Mr. Suicide Sheep, Monster Cat, and Revealed. He currently has over 200,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, and he's gained support from people like Martin Garrix, Tiesto, Dyro, and Afrojack, as well as a bunch of others. So Donation, what are you going to learn today? Today, you're going to learn Julian's technique of how he creates so much music, how he doesn't get so caught up on the small things like mixing and mastering, but how he really taps into himself and that he can create an unruly amount of music. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about how making multiple types of music is possible underneath one brand which is very interesting because on a business standpoint, that doesn't seem possible, but we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about how Julian's purpose is to give everyone the feeling that it's not only okay to be different, but it's the best thing in the world. That was probably my favorite part of the conversation. So stay tuned for that. And we're also going to be talking about a music business tip today that focuses completely on Spotify playlists. But Donation, before we get into all of this, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Daw Nation, we are so close to releasing our updated version of the AU5 Ableton Sound Design course. The original course had over five hours of content, but this updated version, it has over 20 hours of content. This course not only teaches you how to do absolutely insane sound design using basic tools, but we are also including all the effects racks, instrument racks, project files, and you also get access to an unbelievable amount of bonus material. In fact, some of the bonus material includes a mini AU5 course where he shows you how he created specific sounds in some of his most famous songs. You also get access to a Max for Live course where I show you some of the craziest sound design Max for Live devices. We also have a third-party plugin course where AU5 and I show our favorite third-party sound design plugins and how to use them. There is also a Whip Masterclass where AU5 sits down and creates an entire song beginning to end from scratch. And finally, there is an AU5 walkthrough course where he walks through three previously released tracks 
one unreleased track, one track from his new LP, and two tracks from his newest EP, Energize. The original price of the course, before all the updates, was $147. But with the combination of all the updates and all the bonus material, the new combined value of this course comes out to be $497. And even though most people listening would pay that if they had the money, the unfortunate fact is that most people don't have that kind of money laying around, which is why we've been playing around with the idea of a subscription model, where instead of paying $497, you can have access to everything for only $47 a month. You can cancel anytime, there's no long-term commitments, so that you can keep the course as long as you need, but when you're done, you're done. That's it. So Don Nation, again, at this point, we are just playing around with the idea of the subscription model. But if you are interested, please let us know down in the comments, wherever you are. So Don Nation, keep your eyes peeled for the update of the AU5 Ableton Sound Design course. But until then, let's get into this week's interview. Welcome everyone to this week of Behind the Daw. We're honored to be able to have Julian Clore. Julian, say what's up to Daw Nation and tell us something extremely embarrassing about yourself. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. So, talking about embarrassing stories, like I had a dream uh, the other day that I think a lot of DJs have, and that's we're playing out for a big crowd, and suddenly the music stops, or you suddenly press the cue button, the wrong cue button, and the whole, all of the music stops. I had this experience a couple of times, and I'm not super good at MCing, so what you get is you get silence, and then I get like the awkward face, and <laughs> and you start the track over again. But I have I have had this dream for like I think more than ten times. Oh my gosh. When I went to Twitter, I saw a lot of other DJs, like famous DJs had the same dream. So that made me feel less uh, less bad, you know? So when you have this dream, do you like wake up in a cold sweat and you can like hyperventilating and it's like a really tragic experience? It's funny because it's most of the time it happens just before I wake up. So then I feel so relieved when I wake up, man. This has happened before in real life? Yeah, but it was two times like when I was just starting uh, DJing. But yeah, half of the crowd was drunk anyway, so it really didn't really matter. I think. Well, dude, that is embarrassing. I'm glad. I'm glad that we could share this embarrassing moment. I got a, a hefty amount of of good questions for us to go into today. First question that I have for you. You know, you've been in the scene for a minute. You've had quite a few interviews going on. So let me ask you this: what What is a question? that you've always wanted to be asked in an interview, but no one has ever asked you? Maybe a simple question like, how are you doing right now? Or something like that. You know, it's very simple. Sounds very silly, but sometimes it's, uh, yeah, sometimes it's good to ask the, the simple things. Like honestly, on, on a deep level, man, how are you doing right now? Right now, I think I'm on seven and a half, seven and a half, eight. That's pretty good. But my question is, why is it only there? And why, why aren't you at a 10 right now? Well, it's difficult to to give a precise answer, but like I'm in working mode right now, like studio every day. I'm kind of productive right now, but I'm in that mood where I'm like, I don't know exactly what I want to make at this moment. And I'm making music and I'm feeling okay about it. But sometimes you want to have a clear vision and some days you don't have it. But I, I know in the back of my head that maybe in a couple of days it comes back. So that's why it's not a 10 and it's a 7, 8. So it's still still okay, but not a 10. Life is pretty dang good. You're, you're living the dream. You're doing good stuff. But there is this stress right now that you have because you got these these creative stressors. You're like, what kind of music do I want to make? Am I making the right decisions? Kind of a thing. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. And it's like, I've had it worse before this feeling, but now I just make what I want to make and see what's good quality and what fits my my music. You know, it's more diverse than a couple of years ago. And I think the fact that I don't care about consistency as much as I did like years ago, that, that makes me feel a bit better, I think. This mindset that you have right now where you're at a seven and a half, eight, but you're not at a 10 because of this creative hurdle that you have to get over. So have you been in this situation before? Yeah, all the time, all the time. If I would feel like very bad about it, then I would say like I feel like a four or a five. So I'm at peace with the fact that sometimes you don't have like that perfect creative flow that you have at good days. But but what I'm saying is like I have creative flow, so I can make music, maybe one or two tracks a week or maybe even uh, one track a day. But sometimes you want to have that consistency that a lot of people that inspire me have. What helps you stay consistent? I know that is that that has been a problem amongst our listeners, amongst myself, amongst many of the people that we've interviewed. Being consistent has been a very hard battle for all of us, you know, because we we all know what it's like to wake up Monday morning, you know, after the Sunday, Sunday, we had, you know, we set all of our goals like, yeah, this week I'm going to kill it. We're going to do good. Monday morning comes around. We, we, we kill it. We're doing good. And then Tuesday, oh, Tuesday, Tuesday is, oh, no, no, no. We, we all know the Tuesday. And then Tuesday rolls around. You're like, ah, oh, but I'm tired or I got to do stuff. And oh. we lose that consistency. We lose that, that drive. So what have you found that keeps you going? This, this will be a very boring answer, but just doing the same thing every day and without any expectation of it becoming better and then over time you will see the things you made some some of the tracks are good and some of the tracks are not so good and you can just throw them away the only thing for me that is important to stay consistent is the amount of work that I'm putting in my uh, music every day that's the only thing that I really have a grip on what you're talking about is is a concept inside of uh, I I do a lot of internet marketing I do a lot of social media marketing and the concepts that that you're talking about is this is that if you want more purchases or if you want more traffic, you want more listens, you know, whatever you're using social media marketing for, the way that you get that is by getting more people to view your stuff, more more of the right people to view your stuff, right? If you get more people to see your stuff, then more people will not, not everyone is going to be great. Not everyone's going to be the people that you're looking for, but more people that will like your stuff. And it's the same concept with creating songs, you know, is just to keep going. If you want more songs or if you want more creativity, the way to do it is to create more music. The way to do it is to create more stuff and kind of that ratio will keep going up. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And it's also a couple of years ago, I would be sitting in the studio working on one track for days and then getting the mix down and the mastering like perfect, but maybe the, the idea wasn't that good. So what I do now is I make a lot of ideas in one or two days and then like postpone the mastering and mixing process to to another time. For now, it's all about the ideas. And I, I've seen that it works way better because you end up with more songs in less time. Is there any other concepts that you've always wanted to talk about in an interview but never had the chance to? Maybe like the whole uh, creative flow thing with genres and needing to have have a different name for different kinds of music styles or just do it all in one name, different genres, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. This, this has been a concept that so many people I've talked to, this is something that kind of just eats their soul. 
They want to create all these different genres. They want to do all this kind of stuff, but people are telling them not to do that for business sakes. They're telling them not to do that for branding sakes and stuff like that. So yeah, talk to me about that. What are your, what are your thoughts and feeling on, on that concept? So it's actually a thing that I stumbled upon like uh, a lot because when I, when I had my first break, uh, like five years ago on revealed recordings, uh, Hartwell's label, I had one sound and I've made more tracks within like two years with only that sound. It's like progressive house, melodic, electro, vibe And after a while, I, I would get very bored is not the right word, but I, I get a, a writer block because in my mind, I, I want every track to have a different new thing. You know, I want to incorporate some new elements, every new track so that it won't sound the same. So I did it and changed it up and not, not only BPM, but the whole genre. So I made trap kind of music future base and stuff and coincidentally I think Chainsmokers blew up so uh, yeah, at, yeah it was like at that moment Chainsmokers had huge hits so people would say like oh but you're only making future base now because the Chainsmokers are super big but I was like no <laughs> I just want to change change it up a little bit in the studio get some new inspiration and do my own stuff within other genres you know I had a hard time reading some of the comments like oh but but get up to your old sounds and stuff I know I couldn't do that because I see as, as it as my life you know the whole production thing so if i stay with one thing i would wouldn't be happy in the studio <laughs> what would you say your current interest in and what genre is your current interest so right now i'm making i think four different kinds of genres i'm uh, i've had some old school progressive house type of tracks that i would made five years ago because i haven't made it in a long time but also some future based kind of sounds happy hardcore kind of sounds and cr- some crazy 136 BPM house records. It's kind of all over the place, but it has like a lot of my melody and my kind of chords and sounds in it. So I think you can hear a little bit that that's my sound. The, the music business tip that I have for people this week is it comes actually from our last episode of Behind the Dog that I just recorded. In fact, I believe this episode will be two episodes after the, the episode that I'm referring to. And it was with Harrison Bennett, who is the label manager of Deadbeats. And that's, uh, that's Zed's Dead's label. And what he was talking about was Spotify playlists. You know, Spotify playlists, of course, has been on everyone's mind for years now. And it's always been kind of this shrouded, not too clear kind of way to get on them. I know that Spotify now has a way for you to submit your songs to their own playlist, to Spotify playlist. But what about the the independently curated ones, right? Like Mr. Suicide Sheep or Trap Nation. When you know how, how do you get onto them? How do you how do you find those guys? Their their Spotify playlist. And even even those guys are a little bit easier to find compared to other independent playlists that have quite a following. So the question is, how do you do that? How do you get in contact with them? Julian, have you ever heard of a service called Chart Metric? Never heard of it. Are you over your own music as far as like trying to get your own music onto Spotify playlists or do you do you contract that out? I think uh, depends on what kind of release I have with, with or is it independent or with a label but it's very hard to find like playlists. Very hard to find them yeah it's, it's absolutely excruciating and even this this tip that I have for people is not it's not a silver bullet it's not going to cure everything and uh, it's still it's still 
flawed. It's still, you know, but it's kind of the best we got, which is kind of mind blowing because we're in 2019. I feel like there should be a, a better way of doing this, but this is kind of where we're at right now. So there's this service and it's called Chart Metric. And so it integrates with the Spotify API. And basically what you can do is you can, let's say, you know, what your, your last biggest song, Julian, your last biggest song that you released, if you could say that your last biggest song sounded like someone really big, who would you say it sounded like? Uh, you might get lost on Monster Cat and it is a mix between Psytrance and a little bit of Virtual Self. Yeah, let's say you weren't releasing that song through Monster Cat. It was actually a self-release. And so with Chart Metric, what you could do is you could go through Virtual Self's uh, catalog and be like, yes, all right, so my, my song that I'm releasing sounds like this song by Virtual Self. Well, you can take that song, you can take the Spotify URL of that song, you can put it into Chart Metric and it'll show you all of the playlists that that song is on. And then you know, then you know, okay, so my song sounds a lot like this song, so it would do good in these playlists that that the Virtual Self song is already on. The, this this is where it gets kind of complicated, is then, okay, then how? How do you reach out to these curators? And that's, this is kind of where the, kind of the Jimmy Riggs, the back door, kind of savage way of doing it, I guess you could say, is that you then have to find a way to get in contact with these people. You can look them up on Facebook and add them. You can see if you can find their email. You know, you could look them up on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. You see what I'm saying? That's where it kind of like gets the disconnect. But at least with chart metric, it gives you the proper direction in which you can go because you know that these playlist curators that you're that you're reaching out to are going to give you or are, are most likely to feature you because you sound like things that they've already put on their playlist. Is this making sense? Yeah. So I would highly encourage the listeners and for you to check that out too. For those who are listening, there is a link down in the description. You can go ahead and check that out there. But let's get back into the the normal interview. So let's talk about you saying, you know, how are you right now in music? But how are you right now just in life outside of music? How are you doing? Yeah, it's it's going well. I'm in studio mode 24-7. The good thing is like I get happy making music. So that makes my life happy and uh, good as well. In Holland right now, it's raining a lot, so I'm not outside a lot, and I'm spending my studio time wisely then. We got to the end of your life, and you were able to see the Julian Kalur project meet its like biggest potential to, to fulfill its purpose that you always wanted it to fulfill. What would that look like for you? It would look like a, a very large landscape of music and also visuals but also like a very strong conceptual piece of art in itself. I wanted to have all my emotions and all my experiences that I've had in life and that I wanted to express with my music. I want to have that 100% finished before I go. What are some of those things like those emotions, those messages that you want to say that you feel like you haven't conveyed yet? Oh, that's that's super. I think they haven't been made yet. I haven't lived enough to experience everything of life. And it's it's kind of exciting thinking that I will experience a lot of other things that I haven't experienced before to put it in some songs. You know, a lot of people when they when I'm doing private lessons with them or when I'm talking to people on behind the door, they don't know what their 
purposes. They get their purpose and their passion mixed up. And what I mean by that is this, you know, what I define as a passion is something like music or music production or singing or writing or what, whatever the, the avenue that you want to call that, right? For other people outside of the artistic realm, maybe their passion is golf. Maybe it's cars. It, it could literally be anything. But your purpose, your purpose in life is much deeper than that. Much, 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 much deeper than that. The Your passion is how you achieve your purpose, but it is not your purpose. And here's an example, okay? So like my purpose, and a lot of the listeners on the podcast have heard this before, but my purpose in life is to help people with anxiety and depression. That is my purpose. Music is how I do that. That is my passion in which I, I fulfill that. But music itself is not my purpose. Another another purpose uh, that comes from one of my buddies is to help people with addiction. That like He wants to help people overcome addiction. Another purpose of another friend of mine is to stop sex trafficking. And you see, like your purpose is actually much more profound. It's much deeper. It's much larger than any avenue that you can take it down. So let me ask you this. What is your purpose, Julian? I think I uh, haven't really 100% figured out what my purpose is. But one thing that it's very important for me to do with my music, it's, it's not music itself of course, but it's to to give people the feeling that being a little bit different with whatever you want to do in life, that it's okay. And you're not the only one. And I think that that's, I want to have that message in my music. If we kind of expanded on that a little bit, it's okay not to conform. It's okay to be different. It's okay to break the mold. You don't need to feel weird. You don't need to feel exiled or anything. You're saying it's okay. You need, like, it's okay to feel that way. Is that what you're saying? And Yeah, and that's what I uh, like, especially about uh, electronic music with like a big community online is that people who uh, don't have the same interest at your school or something maybe if you go online on, or on the internet or go to some festivals or something with people with the same taste of music the same kind of lifestyle that you have or i have or the same kind of nerdy hobbies that you feel at home and i want to facilitate that a little bit with my music and the message in my music and that's a thing that i'm thinking about more and more every day right now i would assume that if that is what you want to fulfill then you would also have had to feel that way was there times in your life when you felt like the outcast you felt like the misfit and no one really accepted you for who you were not like super bad i didn't feel super bad about it but like at, at school i was like always a little bit of a nerd but i I hang around with the nerdy kids, but also like the cool kids and the, the sport kids. I, I was like a guy who hangs out with everyone. I wasn't 100% this or that. And it is okay to, to be like open-minded and to, to see different things and see something good in everything. Have you ever seen someone in your life that was not accepted or that was that was treated harshly or treated differently because they were different? Has that ever have you ever seen something? Yeah. Yeah, in high school, all of the time in high school you see these kinds of kids. And I was like the guy who always talked to these people. So you had a soft spot for those people. Yeah, right? always. Because because when you have conversations with these people, the, the conversations are about way deeper things than only w- what kind of sneakers do you have or something like that. Can you give us an example 
of that when you had a conversation with someone that was different, but it, it you helped them, you helped them through something. You know what I mean? Is there is there something like that that you can think of? I see some stories uh, and DMs of people who say to me like, wow, you, your music really helped me through a very hard time. And then I can relate 100%. How often do you get those those kind of messages where people say like, your, your music changed my life or your music's helping me and stuff like that? I get it a, a lot of times, yeah. Because I think what's very important is to my music is to the emotions behind it. So I'm not very a very technical producer, but I try to put as much of emotions in, in the music as I can. with like the chords and the melodies and stuff. In the entirety of your career, what has been one of the biggest challenges that you've been faced with? One of the biggest challenges for me is to find the right balance in between being a real creative artist, but also seeing it as a business and making some money off it because these are two totally different things and it's hard to, you know, keep the balance. And sometimes I want to be like an artist and I've saw, I saw a movie or, you know, and I, I'm like in full artist mode and that's good. That's good for the craft, of course. But in the, in the, on the other side, it's like, okay, I, I want to do this for the rest of my life. So I need to make some decisions based on like, the business side. Have you been able to find a method that that kind of helps you fulfill your creative and business side, or is it still kind of like uh, I don't? Know. Yeah, it's it's like to talk with a lot of other people around me and hear their honest opinion about what I'm doing, and you know, to have like a lot of discussions with people. That that's what keeps an artist in check, I think. To don't don't believe 100% in your own vision because then you can you can do maybe some strange things. But just talk with people get a reality check every now and then has there ever been a time when you uh you were receiving feedback not necessarily about music but maybe maybe about your brand or maybe about your life you're receiving feedback or counsel about something and it hurt so bad like the the, the feedback hurt so bad but you needed to hear it you know has that ever happened yes one of the things was i had a period where i where, when i was very experimental with my music very experimental and then i've heard stories about about people saying about me like oh that dude he needs to be more commercial he needs to think more about money and stuff and for some reason i had two answers for that in my head yeah i I was agreeing with it at the other side i was it was making me kind of angry or something because i was totally in the art mindset you know in an artist mindset so i was totally believing in the thing that i did and for my craft it was a good thing but (laughs) hearing it from other people but it was also it was not a direct uh, thing at me and that was what made me like oh wow what made me think like it's more important to have like direct feedback from people like with conversation discussions but if you're a producer that's in the studio 24-7, it can be kind of a hard thing. So 
So imagine, you know, you're on your deathbed. And when you're on your deathbed, uh, you know, you lived your life, you've had the successful life that you've wanted, you've achieved the things that you've wanted, you know, you're you're content with dying because you have lived the life that you desire. You're sitting there with your firstborn son and and you can you have enough energy to tell him some final words, but you cannot tell him like the cliche stuff. You can't say, son, I just want you to be happy. Son, I love you. You can't say like the normal answers. I need you to really get deep with this one, really be creative with this one, right? Can't say stuff like follow your passions, live your dreams, you know, nothing, not the stuff that people normally hear. What would be something that you would want to tell your son before, before you finally, you know, give up this life? All right. Okay. Let me, let me think about this for a second. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a deep question. You can definitely have time to think about it. You know why it's hard? Because everything that's cliche is kind of right. This is why it's a hard question, <laughs> right? Because you got to actually think about this. I got one, you know, I've kind of, I've been asking myself this question. All right. So maybe this might inspire you, right? So yeah, I'm thinking about something. I'm thinking about something that I would tell my son, Ash, um, I have two kids and um, my son, if I was to tell him something and it wouldn't be cliche, I would say something to the effect of, son, one of the purposes of this life is to understand the sacredness of women and how beautiful they are and how we as men have a responsibility to protect them and to and to make sure that we treat them right. They trust us. We're here to help them. And we are never above them. At best, we are equal to them. At best, we are equal to them. And so I would really focus on like this, this, this sacredness of women. Wow. Yeah, that's a very good one. I think that's what if you have like a son, that's one of the most important things to learn, like from a young age on. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Did that did that spark any ideas for you? Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> you know what the thing is? I, I don't have any any kids yet. Okay. Okay. Maybe I, I know one, but it's not super. It's it's kind of cliche-ish, but I'll I'll go with it. Okay. So so uh, the last words will be like just just smile every once in a while. You know, it's not all seriousness. Just just don't live life too uh, serious every day. Life is meant to be enjoyed, right? It is not meant to be endured. It is. It is. That is, that is profound, dude. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, is there any final words that you would like to say to the listeners, my friend? So thanks for having me. And I hope you will stay inspired and listen to a lot of the other podcast episodes. And I hope to see you guys next time. You're the man, man. Did you have a good time? Yeah, man. Liked it. I liked it. Hey, Daw Nation. Hope you enjoyed episode 51 of Behind the Daw with Julian Kalor. If you're interested in the Patreon, private lessons, or suggesting guests to come on the show, then make sure to click the link in the description. Also, if you are interested in having that AU5 Ableton sound design course in the form of a subscription model, so you only have to pay $47 a month for as long as you want. You can cancel anytime. Instead of paying $497, please let us know down in the comments. Also, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, repost, follow on whatever platform that you're on. It doesn't matter where you're at. You can be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Deezer, YouTube, SoundCloud. It just helps us know that we're moving in the direction that you need us to, Donation. And then finally, I would highly encourage you to check out the last episode of Behind the Daw. That episode was with Holly. We talked about how having faith in a higher power influences your music career. We also talked about how the price of your new life is your old life and how it is possible not to hate anything. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Again, please check it out. There is a link in the description or if you're on the podcast app, it's just episode 50 on the podcast app. So Donation, thank you so much for enjoying this 
this episode of Behind the Daw. And please, again, go check out In the Daw, where we invite music producers to dissect their songs in real time. Right now, until June 26, 2019, you can find all of those episodes on Multiplier's YouTube channel. But if you're listening to this after June 26, 2019, then make sure to go to the Daw Nation YouTube channel. All the episodes will be there. In fact, all of the Behind the Daw episodes will be there as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Daw, and we'll catch you next week.